Welcome to the Mission Road Podcast, where we share stories of faith and service and how you can make a difference. My name is Dawn Hawkins. I am the Director of Global Missions at Peachtree Road United Methodist Church here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am your host. This is episode four. I'm very happy to have Jean Nottingham with me today. Thank you so much, Jean. I'm excited to talk to you. I am thrilled to be here. Jean currently serves on the board of Georgia for Georgia. Mm -hmm. It's a nonprofit organization. I think your mission says your, your aim is to break the cycle of generational poverty through Correct. education programs, health programs, and food programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to talk to you today about what was going on during COVID and how you were able to support this ministry during that time. But before we do all that, I okay. want to hear your story. And so let's start with how you first heard of the country of Georgia or the children. Okay. Um, We had a friend, it was Jackie Ganshorn actually, who went to Georgia and I believe it was 2001 and she came back from that trip and she came and visited my husband and me at our house and sat at our kitchen table and showed us just all kinds of photos of her trip from Georgia. And it was at that moment that we really pretty much fell in love with the country and we couldn't believe the connection that the team had with the kids over there. I mean, she just brought it all to life. So at that point we just became donors, quite frankly, we because our kids were young. And then over the years, we got more and more involved when Sponsor a Child started. I don't remember exactly the year, probably around 2005. Um, I started helping Lynn Banks with kind of the administration of the whole thing. And so then every year we had pictures of these kids that were involved in Sponsor a Child. And I watched these kids grow up in photos. Every year, We would go to Costco and print new photos for all the sponsors, and I literally saw these kids grow up in pictures. So when I finally went in 2015, I got to meet the girl that we had sponsored from the beginning. We first sponsored um, Mazia when she was seven years old, and we sponsored her all the way through when she graduated from uh, high school. Okay, so for um, the audience, this is Mazia. And I, let me show the younger picture of her. This was her, maybe the first year that you sponsored mm-hmm. that was her. the first year so we sponsored her. Mm-hmm. And how old were your kids at that time? Were they about the same age? So we amazing. picked a child that was about the same age, about the same age as my daughter. And so you were, were you, you were already involved with sponsor child mm-hmm. or helping with that. Your family selected Mazia mm-hmm. from a group of photos, right. and you kept track of her over the years. So here's. A photo, if you're watching, of Mazia when she's 16. Yes. Um, and so that is kind of the end. For those that are listening today, in the show notes on Facebook, you will have a link that will show you the progression of pictures. It's amazing. You have, I guess, 10 I have of 11. them, 11, 11 of them of here. Them. Mm-hmm. Every year you received a picture and um, an update on what was going on in Mazia's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And then, and you just said it, but so then you went over... In 2015, it was my first trip over there, and we visited her school, and I was able to meet her in person. And her mom actually works at the school. And so I met both of them. And it was, I mean, I just got a chill to this day to meet this girl that I had, you know, we'd supported and, you know, watched grow up in photos was amazing. And the bond was instantaneous. In fact, um, when I was headed back from uh, Kutaisi from the train back to Tbilisi to head back to Atlanta, 
unbeknownst to me, they were standing at the train station waiting for me to say goodbye. I just had no idea, and it was just so touching. And they gave me some cherries and some other little things to bring back. And so whenever I've been back three times since, and I always see Mazia and her mother. And she's graduated now, and she's becoming a teacher. Oh, she's at university, so becoming a teacher, and we've helped her with some English lessons and things like that. But she's still in our hearts, and I stay in touch with her. That's beautiful. She's part of the family. That's beautiful. Um, okay, so let's switch gears a little bit because what I really wanted to talk about were some of the other programs. We're pretty familiar mm-hmm. with Sponsor a Child. Yes. A little bit about the scholarship program, but you do a lot of other things to support the this community and these groups of children. So what I'd love for you to talk about is um, how COVID impacted the community. So maybe okay. give us some background of what it, the feeding program looks like or what, what okay. the challenges were when COVID struck. And then I'd love to hear what you guys have done over the past year to support them. Okay. So when COVID hit, uh, Georgia pretty much shut down. I mean, if you think about it, their medical system is nowhere near what ours is. So if the if, if COVID wasn't contained, it was going to be a major problem. So curfews were set up, schools were shut down, people weren't able to drive around, you know, if they even had a car, you, you couldn't be out. So kids were not in school. And, you know, our typical program for Sponsor a Child provides lunches, warm lunches. Some of these kids only meal the day, really. And so we reached out to our contacts over there and said, what can we do to help? Right. Because Um, with schools closed, there are no lunches. Right. There are no lunches and, you know, there are no doctor visits because we do all that through Sponsor a Child. And what we were told was families need food. And typically we don't direct um, efforts to families themselves. We focus on the schools and what happens in the schools. But they said, you know, Unemployment, which was already, I don't know, 70 or 75 percent in the area, skyrocketed up to 95 percent because if you had a job, you couldn't get there because of the quarantine and the lockdowns and everything else. So um, we have uh, all of our the, the t- some of the teachers over there, um, some folks we have over there started um, buying food supplies, food staples, um, non-perishables, uh, beans, rice, oil, flour, sugar, those kind of things, and distributing it to all of the families. They drive it out to families who can't get to the school anymore. Some people came to the school, but it was really seen as a life-saving measure because some of these families, I mean, you should see that, you know, the need is there. It's desperate. And so the monies that were um, normally would have provided the the warm lunches, et cetera, um, were diverted to buying these food staples. And what started off as, I don't know, let's do it for a month or maybe two, has turned into over the last 13 months, we've provided food like 10 of those months probably. And uh, we didn't do it uh, in the fall because school went back in, then they locked down again and we started the food again. And, um, and it's just been amazing. The, the, the appreciation that we get and the way that the Georgians over there are volunteering. And you should see, it's like a massive food distribution effort that's set up in the, in the youth house that we have over there. And it's all volunteer. We're not paying any of those people to do this. They're doing it because they're trying to help their neighbors. So this started out as a small program Mm -hmm. and has grown. It has. And so some of it's been funded by, um, again, the sponsor dollars that came through sponsor a child, but, Donors have just come out and said, 
wow, and they've been contributing to this, specifically this food effort. You know, we sent something out over Christmas that said, imagine if what you wanted for Christmas was food. And the outpouring of support was unbelievable to all of us. You know, donations from tiny ones to, to really big ones. And I don't know, it's, it's been amazing. Um, one of you told me about the name for this oh, project. And I love yes. that story. So share, share that. It's called Project Hope and Love. And that's not our name. That's the name that the Georgians gave it because that's what they felt we were providing to them was hope and love. And we saw some, um, we received some communications, you know, our American friends are there for us, you know, it's just, it's a relationship. We've been there for 20 years and we weren't going to let them go through this without support. One of the things that you or one of the others that I was talking to said was that there is no other outside organization mm -hmm. supporting this region. There also, the government did not have the resources to support any of the regions. Can you talk a little bit about the government interface during COVID? Well, the um, I, I'm not really clear on that. I don't have a lot of information on it, but they provided no more support than they normally would. So families over there live on a pension of maybe $50 a month in U.S. dollars, and it could support a family of four or five. So they weren't out there helping with food and the unemployment. There's no unemployment insurance. There's no health insurance. So, you know, our goal, even with Sponsor a Child, has always been you know, keep kids healthy enough to stay in school. Right. And so in order to keep kids healthy and families healthy, they need food. And so that's why our complete effort shifted to let's get these families food. And, you know, as summer, as we roll into summer again, they're going to be able to start growing some more of their own food. And, and that's going to be a big help for them. Which will be a big help for everyone as things start to open yes. back up. So let's, yes. let's shift gears before our time is up and tell me a little bit about What's next for Georgia for Georgia? Where, what do you see happening over the next five years? Where would the board like to see Georgia, Georgia go? Gosh, we have, we have lots of dreams. Um, right now, we support about 300 students at three different schools. You know, in, uh, we would love to expand. There are other schools that come knocking on our doors all the time saying, can you please help us? Um, in order to do that, we need to just get more sponsorship. So we either need stronger support, you know, within the church or possibly even bringing some other churches into it because that would broaden the interest here. And this is Georgia for Georgia. Um, and so we are open to any church who wants to help. The other thing is um, you may know about the youth house that we have over there. It's an after school program um, that uh, disadvantaged kids, uh, IDP kids can go to in Kutaisi. We would love to see that in more areas um, there are other little towns around that if they had something like this, because we provide a lot of education and vocational classes at that to try to help these kids get ahead. My other third thing, if I had to think of one, is um, to be able to provide more vocational support in the schools we're already, where we're already there. Um, they have some hairdressing classes. I'd like to have a whole studio there. You know, we used to do bread making, you know, help them learn culinary skills, because those are all valuable skills that they can either get a job or barter for services. And so it really helps support the families. And if we can get those kids interested in those types of vocations in like high school, their equivalent of high school, then hopefully they can go on to the local vocational school and learn those well, skills. It's the key to breaking the cycle, yes. as you said. Yes. Now, you mentioned an acronym, and I just, for our audience, IDP. Oh, it's internally displaced person. It's um, when uh, 
when Russia invaded the northern part of uh, Georgia, they were they displaced Georgians, and so those folks they're, were forced to move south, and just had to leave their homes. So they're refugees, they're refugees within yes. their own country. Within their own country. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. That's a better way of explaining it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, so if we want to learn more about this program, mm-hmm. where should we go? You should go to Georgia for Georgia. Org. And it's Georgia and then the word spelled out, F-O-R. Um, but I think if you put a number in there, you'll also get to us. You'll get to um, it. But that talks about the four, the, the, kind of the basic, basic basics of what we do, which is sponsor a child. We fund scholarships. We fund specific needs um, in the area. So you can learn more about what we do in, in all of those cases. Great. It's all there on the website. Good. So if you're joining us today via Facebook, in the notes, you will see a link directly to georgiaforgeorgia.org. You will also see a link to Peachtree Road's website, prumc.org backslash the mission road. And you can go there for more information about our programs and Georgia for Georgia. Thank you. I would like to thank the staff at the Dogwood Shop for our lovely set today. All of these items are available for purchase and you can stop by the Dogwood Shop on campus here at Peachtree Road or you can go online to thedogwoodshop.org. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are interested in joining a team on a mission trip or want to learn more about how to support us stateside, you can go to our website at prumc.org backslash the mission road.